Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The 332nd edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is the Four Corners Podcast. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win 54 to 53, North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! They're on the way to win it! Worthy five! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul, he takes the timeout, they're out of timeout! Technical foul! Technical foul on Michigan, they're out of timeout! Front court, Williams on the drive, gets it back out to head, long outside shot, short rebounded, May! It's over! And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. I've been the luckiest coach in the world. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national daggum champions. Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way. My love for North Carolina, I mean, I love this school, I love these fans, and I love everything about it, and I would I would die for this school, I really would. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Just Josh here with you guys this afternoon, here to take you through Hubert Davis's meeting with the media earlier today, ahead of tomorrow's road game at Miami. Um, so I'm here to break it down. We'll, we'll we'll play the biggest cuts, the biggest sound bites from the head coach as he met with the media earlier today. We'll also get some news and notes of this my of this matchup with Miami. But before we do any of that, we start every edition of the pod as we always do with the pod thought of the day. And our quote is from Chuck Knox, and the thought is quote: "Winning and losing are both very temporary things." Having done one or the other, you move ahead. Gloating over a victory or sulking over a loss is a good way to stand still or worse. And look, there's no denying that Carolina's done both of these things within the last week. They they gloated over the win over Duke. It carried over into the game on Tuesday, which was ultimately a loss to the Clemson Tigers. And now what you got to avoid is is uh is this sulking and this becoming two losses and letting it turn into a losing streak, if you will. And so very adequate, very appropriate thought for where this team is at um going into this game with the Miami Hurricanes. We know, you know, we've already previewed the game with Miami. We know where Miami stands. They're way uh well outside the NCAA tournament. But a win over a Carolina could get them back in the conversation. Um, 
and they'll, they'll be looking to bounce back from a disappointing effort earlier in the week when they got blown out by Virginia 62-38. When you look at the matchup with Miami from an all-time perspective, Carolina is 26-10 and all-time against the Hurricanes, including being 19-9 and since they joined the ACC. But Miami has won the last two contests, and under Jim Laranega, um, they have played Carolina as tough as, as as any other team in the conference has over the last decade or so. We always talk about how tricky of a place Miami is to go uh, and win at. Um, but Carolina all-time is 10-4 and four in Coral Gables, including being 8-4 and four in the Watsco Center. So, um, you know, there is, a, there is a track record of success in this building. Um, but make no mistake, Carolina will have their hands full when they make their way to uh, Coral Gables on Saturday for their latest ACC road contest. Well, let's go ahead and, and dive right into Hubert Davis's press conference. He met with the media before the team traveled um, down to Miami for this game. And um, as you know, Seth Trimble did not play on Tuesday night. He was held out of the game with an upper body injury and, the head coach of the Tar Heels provided an update on his status for this game. Um, he's continuing to improve, and uh, it's going to be a game time, game time decision. But every day he's getting better. You just got to hope that he'll be ready to 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 go when they walk on the court tomorrow afternoon. Um, we we saw and and learned how valuable Seth Trimble is to this team, and. What he what he means to this team, the energy he brings, the depth that he provides, his ability to score, his ability to defend, his ability to rebound. Um, Carolina is Carolina needs him. Um, he's been a big part of what this team has achieved so far, and if they want to get back to their winning ways, they're going to need him in this presence on the court. If not, though, these guys have to step up. It's next man up. Paxson Wojcik. Uh, what really stung for him was he put together one of his best games as a Tar Heel, but it comes down in a loss. And so it kind of gets overlooked by the defeat and all the questionable things that came out of the loss to Clemson earlier in the week. Jalen Withers only played five minutes. That can't be the case in this game for whatever reason. Um, we don't know the particulars as to why he played so little. He needs to be more of a factor in this game uh, tomorrow or tomorrow afternoon. And so um, Carolina – Need Seth Tremble, but you got to put the the player first and do what's best for the player. But um, you know, make no mistake about it, Carolina's chances of winning this game they improve if if Seth Tremble is on the court. Well, let's turn our attention to Miami, and here's what Hubert Davis thinks and sees when he looks at Miami on film. You know, they're a very talented basketball team. Uh, you know, tremendous athleticism. Uh, you're right; they can shoot the ball from three. They like to, you know, play fast pace and like to get out in transition, mostly off of turnovers. Uh, but they can score around the basket as well. You know, with their athleticism, they can attack the basket through post and and also penetration. And they're a good basketball team. You know, they're coming off uh, a Final Four berth and. Um, It'll be another competitive ACC game on the road, and you know that's something that that we've done all season, and we're looking forward to the challenge. Well, we mentioned how well they shoot it from behind the three-point line, thirty-seven percent as a team. They've got a fixture down low in Norchad O'Meara who can get a bucket, um, especially off offensive rebounds. 
Um, and they have guards that when they get downhill are as good as any at finishing through contact or going to the foul line. They they play a lot of the same way Carolina wants to play when their offense is running and flowing at its optimal pace, um, which wasn't the case the other night. And you know Jim Laranega is going to be motivated. Uh, he's going to coach his guys hard to bounce back and respond after they got embarrassed on the road in Charlottesville. Miami took a brief lead in that game. They got punched in the mouth with a patented Virginia run and just seemingly never recovered. But, um, you know, this is a team that when they're playing at a high level, they can play with just about anybody in the league. But they do have a home loss to Louisville as well. And so not not, not as bad as Carolina, um, but they've had moments where they just haven't shown up. Um, and no one expected that as veteran as they are as well coached as they've been under Jim Laranega, and especially coming off the Final Four run from last season. Another thing that this team does extremely well is they play defense without fouling. Um, teams are shooting and making the fourth fewest uh, free throws attempts against them. Um, in ACC play, they're allowing the seventh fewest free throws against them. Meanwhile, Carolina is the best free throw shooting team in the league in terms of uh, attempts per game, um, and they shoot a pretty healthy percentage. And And Hubert Davis talked about what allows Miami to play defense at such a high level without fouling. You know, they have good individual defenders that uh, do a great job of winning their one-on-one individual matchups. And, um, and you know, team defensively, they're, they're, they're equally as well, as good. So, um, but for us, we lead the ACC in terms of free throw attempts. So that is going to be a key for us tomorrow is to be able to attack the basket through post penetration, offensive rebounding and generate those points um, at the free throw line, because that's been a big, big key for us offensively this season. There's no denying if Carolina doesn't shoot, probably in my opinion, north of 15 free throw attempts, it makes it that much harder to see them winning the game. They've got to get to the foul line. It's the most efficient shot, the most efficient play, the most efficient result in basketball because you're scoring with the clock not moving. Um, and so it starts with establishing Armando Baycott on the low block, and then it's up to your guards to get downhill, initiate the contact, and play through the contact, and then get to the foul line. Um, you know, you 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 don't do what Miami's done without being a good defensive team. So, you know, it's not it's not me looking at it and saying, well, no one just drives them. No, this is a team that can that can play really good individual and then very good team defense. But you've got to force the issue. You can't you can't just let that scare you away from wanting to get downhill and wanting to get to the foul line because um, at the end of the day, that's that's going to be Carolina's best chance to to getting um, the type of shots they want offensively and, and really getting back into a rhythm on that end of the floor on the road. So um, believe it or not, that's really all he had to say about this matchup with Miami. So now we'll move just to some more general thoughts and topics um, about the or around the team. And Carolina's defensive effort the last few weeks hasn't been where it was in the month of January when Carolina was, uh, you know, enjoying that long winning streak. And Hubert Davis talked about the defensive effort he's seen in the last three games 
as opposed to what he saw during the winning streak a month ago. You know, from a defensive standpoint, you know, I don't think it has been as 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 good as it was during the win streak. I I feel like we've had halves of good defense, but consistently, you know, the consistency in terms of just a little, you know, details of boxing out, uh, uh, you know, defending without fouling, those things, you know, over the last week, week and a half, there's been some slippage in that. And that's something that we've talked about is, is, is diving back into uh, the preparation, uh, the process in terms of our practice and our preparation of getting back to the small little details, the simple things that you have to do on the defensive end that has allowed us to be successful this year. Said it, you know, going after they lost to Georgia Tech, they had been trending towards getting beaten. Um, and that's that's there's there's nothing wrong with that because it's really hard in college basketball to go over a month without losing. It's very rare in the modern game. You see teams go on double-digit winning streaks. It was the first time Carolina had done so in, in, in over seven years. And so um, it was natural that they were going to get a little relaxed, a little lackadaisical, if you will, in that particular area of the game. Um, but, you know, I said it after the Georgia Tech game, when you lose, it's easier to get your attention. And you look at the Duke game, the energy, the effort, the focus was there. You just ran into a team that can play offense as well as anybody in the league. But the other night was really disappointing. You allowed 11 made three-pointers, and you gave up you know, 11 offensive rebounds that turned into 13 second-chance points. And you had done a really good job at limiting teams from grabbing offensive rebounds. They're among, Carolina's among one of the better uh, teams in the country at a limiting opponent's offensive rebounding. Um, and that really happened during – the height of the win streak, and then that 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 went away the other night. You got to get back to limiting opponents to one shot. Uh, Miami may play four around one; they'll even go five out at times. But they're going to crash the glass, and they're going to make they're going to test Carolina and see um, if 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 they're if they're going to show improvement, if they're going to respond, because uh, they'll look at what Clemson did on film and, and feel pretty confident that they can attack Carolina on the offensive glass just like Clemson did the other night. Another thing that's that's really come to light is um, Elliot Cadeau is experiencing some, some more growing pains. Um, as a, a freshman point guard in the ACC, he's really having to adjust to the inconsistencies in officiating. Um, you know, he found out in the loss to Georgia Tech, and he got called for a mysterious foul in the Clemson game that um, left him not knowing what exactly he's supposed to do on that end of the court. But you look at the Hubert Davis's staff, you you got a former point guard in Jeff Lebo, but you also got a former point guard in Marcus Page, um, who's now on a who's now in a on the bench role um, for for Carolina. And Hubert was asked how beneficial it is for Ellie to have a guy like. Marcus Page on the bench. Well, I don't think he has any confidence issues, um, but, you know, having, you know, somebody, Marcus, um, on staff is so beneficial to not only Elliot, but every player in the locker room. You know, not only having somebody that knows the game and has a way to be able to communicate it, but somebody that 
relatively, you know, recently was here <laughs> in terms of being able to relate and also playing the same position. And so I, I you know, having Marcus here, I think has been so valuable, not only for Elliot, but, but for all of our players and, um, you know, I just love the way that Elliot just continues to improve. Um, there's always a learning curve as freshmen. I don't care how talented you are. And the more people do scout reports on you and, and tendencies, those are things that you have to continue to improve on and, and understand and grow. And just a commitment of Elliot every day at practice, trying to get better and better. It's just been fun to watch and fun to be around and fun to coach. We we know how special of a player Elliot Cadeau is. You don't reclassify to go to play in North Carolina a year early unless you're 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 him. You've got that dog in you, and you're going to be a big time player. And look, he's been a big time player for Carolina, and he's going to continue to be a big time player for Carolina. This is just part of it, but this is where you like um, having a, a former guy that's been through it, that's done it at this level. And is not you know too far removed from the program on the bench because Marcus Page went through the same type of stuff. You know we talk about it all the time, and and Marcus is he's my favorite Tar Heel that I've ever got to watch play. But his freshman year, until that ACC tournament where he played really well against against Maryland, and even played really well in, a, in an eventual title game loss to Miami, um, he he had to figure it out. And, and Roy Williams let him learn on the on on the fly and. By the time he left Carolina, he left as one of the more distinguished point guards in the history of the program. And so I don't know if, if Elliot Cadeau will be that because he's so gifted he'll be in the NBA sooner rather than later. Um, but you like the fact he hasn't lost his confidence. And once he figures out and continues to make these adjustments, um, it's going to make him a better player and it's going to make Carolina a better team. And, and that's ultimately the most important thing. Another thing that's going to make Carolina better is whenever Cormac Ryan breaks out of his shooting slump. Um, you know, he's shooting just 36% from the field, 29% from three, well below the expectation when he transferred in from Notre Dame and well below what he's done in his career because um, we saw firsthand while he was with the Fighting Irish just how good of a shooter he really was and is. And so – um, you know, Hubert Davis was a former guard at Carolina. You know, it was a was and it holds the 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 career three point uh three point uh, shooting percentage at UNC. But like all shooters, he you know he had slumps during his time uh, as well in Chapel Hill. And he was asked today if he's addressed the sh the, the the slump that Cormac Ryan's going through. I don't. Uh, uh, talk to Cormac or any player, I, you know, when you say struggling, th those are your words that are not, not my words. I don't look at a particular player and say someone is struggling based on one part of many things that they do in their game um, may not be doing it as well. And so there's so much that Cormac brings to this team, um, his defense, his rebounding, his, his, his passing, his leadership, uh, his energy and his effort alongside his ability to be able to shoot the basketball. So uh, for not just him, for any player, if one part of their game is not um, where it usually is. Um, there's so much that each one of the players brings to the table that allows us to continue to be successful. I think, you know, you know, Hubert Davis did a really good job 
and making it known that that, that Cormac is not allowing his shooting slump to affect him in other areas. And that's a really big deal because defense, you know, a lot of it is effort. And a lot of it really depends on if you're enjoying success on the offensive end of the floor. And Cormac hasn't. But it hasn't affected how hard he competes defensively. Um, and he's still being a leader and holding himself and others accountable. And that's 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 really fun to see. That's really cool to see. But it's also what you expect out of a guy who's played six years at the collegiate level and is 25 years old, easily the oldest guy on the roster. Um, and, and so, you know, we, we, we've talked about it, um, and it's really been highlighted here recently for Carolina to reach their true potential. He's got to shoot the ball better. And a big and a, and a big way to improve that shooting number is to take better shots. And Hubert Davis was asked if he was pleased with the shooting selection he's seen from Cormac Ryan. I do like the shots that he's taking. I think he's getting good looks, good shots, and in, in the flow of our offense, whether it's in transition or half court situation. Um, you know, I, I filter it. There's I can't tell you how many times that I didn't feel like I was shooting the ball. Well, and one of the things that I always did was that heightened me, one, um, uh, to do other things, even at a higher level, whether it's, you know, defending, uh, loose balls, energy and effort plays, rebounding, and also, as you mentioned, getting to the free throw line. That That's a huge uh, bonus to find ways to be able to attack the basket, get to the free throw line. And for whatever reason, when you see that ball go in at the free throw line, it kind of gives you a little bit of rhythm. And um, uh, that helped me in terms of uh, from an offensive standpoint. But I love the shots that Cormac is taking, and I have no concerns at all about uh, shot selection or missed shots. I, I love coaching them, and I, I'm so glad he's here at, at North Carolina. Yeah, th- this is where I'll push back and, and say that I disagree with, with Hubert Davis. 29 of his last 40 shots have been uh, from behind the three-point line. And in the meantime, he's taken just five free throws. And, and so, you know, when you look at that, Carolina and or Cormac, you know, specifically needs to put the ball on the floor and either step inside and, and shoot the mid-range shot. He did it the other night um, where he, you know, he, he pumped fake, took three dribbles in, you know, goes from taking a corner three to, um, you know, a 12-foot jump shot, makes it. And you would think that that would – uh, turn the light switch on to to put the ball in, and attack, and it just hasn't been the case. He was, uh, you know, did, did you know he didn't shoot the three the or the didn't shoot the well the other night was one of six from three and just one of nine from the field, and so um, that is an area where Cormac can can improve on and it, and really show that um, you know when you're doing you've played this long, you're going to make adjustments to your game when you're struggling. Um, but make because make no mistake, we we need him to score the ball. And if they're going to go on a deep run in March, they're going to need RJ is going to need some help in that backcourt. Um, and and so the best way to do it is to take better shots. And um, you know, hopefully that starts tomorrow at Miami. Another thing that's really uh, come to come to life is uh teams have gotten a lot more physical with RJ and they're making him work for everything not that they weren't when the season started but when you go on the tear that he went through in mid January 
teams are going to take it to another level, and they're being as physical with him um, as they've been with any guard in in the conference. And Hubert Davis addressed how they combat uh, the team's physicality they're seeing against R.J. Davis. Well, always, you know, you know, as a player, as you continue to improve, like defenses, you're right, defenses do adjust to you, and, and defenses have adjusted to him in terms of being more physical. Um, you know, their team defense is more geared towards, you know, not even letting them catch the ball. And so those are things that, you know, I think it's two things. One, RJ, in terms of um, tweaking, pivoting, altering some of the things that he has to do in order to make sure that, you know, he gets the ball and is able to get the shots that he wants. But also, you know, we've got to help him out as well. You know, we've got to set, we've got to set better screens for him, tweak, pivot some of our plays in order to get him in spots where he can be effective because for us to be successful, RJ um, has to be a big-time player. And um, he's had an unbelievable season, and he's going to continue to have that the remainder of the season. Yeah, look, some of this is RJ has just got to get tough, tougher and be tough enough to finish through the contact. But also part of it, yeah, you, you're, you're the the whole idea of the set of screen is to get the defender away from whoever you're wanting to get the basketball to. Um, and there's something that Armando does a really good job at is setting good separation screens. And, you know, it might not seem like a lot, but, you know, six inches to a foot to two feet makes a big difference. Um, and so if he can catch the ball or come off ball screens a little bit more cleaner, um, I think you'll see a better result in him, you know, finishing in and at the rim, shooting over a defender, all those little things, because, you know, like, 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 like football, basketball is a game of inches. Um, and if, if you can get him in, in better situations and better spacing, uh, we know the kind of player that he is and the kind of player that he's capable of being. And you got to like the fact that, that Huber Davis is aware that a lot of it is on him and the onus is on him to put his player in a better position to be successful. Well, the last piece of sound we're going to play for you is uh, uh, a, a situation about that where you've seen um, Armando Baycott really return to, to form in the last two games, posting double-doubles in the win over Duke and the loss against uh, Clemson on Tuesday. And Hubert Davis was asked if there was a sense of urgency that's led to the recent improved play we've seen from the big man. I think it's a combination of things. Um, I think, I think one, and, and you're talking about the adjustment that you have to make as a player. I think Armando made adjustments um, because they were playing him, you know, differently. You know, they were every time he touched the ball in the post, they were doubling the post, um, you know, on, on ball screens. They were staying with him and allowing us still to be able to get to the rim. So they were sticking to him. And so he had to make an adjustment in terms of, you know, not just his energy and effort, but just attention to detail in terms of getting the ball where he wanted to go. But also, again, like there's two parts. You know, we've tweaked and pivoted some things that we've done to get him the ball in situations where he can be effective uh, before um, another defender can come down. And so I think it's a couple of things, but I've always felt like there's there's an urgency with him because this is it and that um, – this being his last year that he wants to end his career here with something special that he can remember for the rest of his life. More importantly, he's just being rewarded for getting a position in 
deep in the block and they're feeding him the ball. Um, it wasn't like he quit running hard and getting to the front of the rim and getting position. He just wasn't being rewarded with with post touches. And now that he is, um, you know, he's finishing through contact better. He's being able to to score in a variety of different ways. The Duke game, he controlled the game with his passing. He had five assists, a really great job uh, dribbling out of double teams and passing out of double teams. And so, um, you know, we talked with Debbie Antonelli uh, right at the start of the new year, and she wasn't worried about Armando Baycott, thought that when it was go time, he'd be ready to go. And that's where Carolina is now. You're into the second half of ACC season. Um, all these games matter to either you or the team that you're playing against. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Armando Baycott's posted two of his best games uh, here recently, and uh, he'll be looking for another big-time performance as Carolina hopes to get back to their winning ways tomorrow afternoon at Miami. Well, that's a look and a breakdown of Hubert Davis's press conference when he met with the media earlier today. Um, but before we shut down this edition of the podcast, here's a word from one of our partners. Hey there, Josh here for the Autograph Fandom app. Want to get rewarded for listening to our show? The team at Autograph, co-founded by Tom Brady, is redefining the fan experience by letting users earn points for the acts of fandom they take every day, like listening to this show. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to your favorite UNC content in one place and offers rewards like tickets, exclusive merchandise, and much more. You're already listening to our show, but now you can earn points and get rewarded for it. Head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Fandom Rewarded and download it today for free using the referral code HEELTOUGH. Link and code are also in our podcast description. Make sure you guys are getting over to the Apple Store, downloading the Autograph Fandom Reward app, and get rewarded for being a fan. Um, you know, you 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 pay for so much, whether it's tickets, parking, the food, concessions, beer, no matter what it is, whether you're going to a football game, basketball game, no matter what the what what the event is, and there's no reward for that. But the autograph fandom reward app, it rewards you for being a fan. Use that 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 promo code heel tough um and help us help you help them. Well, that is gonna wrap up this edition of the Four Corners Podcast, guys. Before we let you go, we do encourage you to visit the website HeelToughBlog.com where um, the preview for tomorrow's game was already up there. So you can go and read about Miami and get ready for what feels like a very important game for Carolina at this point in the ACC season as I continue to take you through the remainder of the basketball season. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, simply just search the Four Corners podcast and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. But with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels! It just doesn't get any sweeter than that.